Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. What's on the happy hour menu? Menu? Well... Salty maggoteers. We uh, the the departure of Kevin McCarthy just made us happy, didn't it? Especially, Giddy. yeah, his final phone call with Donald Trump, which apparently consisted of "fuck you." He said that to Donald Trump. It's fantastic. But he's they're still talking and texting because "fuck you, fuck you, you hang up first, you fuck you, fucker." It's fantastic. Fantastic. What a shit show of a party. Yeah. And who better to celebrate with than the return of politics girl uh, and Joyce White Vance, our legal lady and silky chicken mom. Very, very exciting. Enjoy. And it's all because my mama's got fence and we're ready to rock and roll. Hi, Joyce Vance. I'm so glad to be with you. I'm with Mama Joyce Vance. Now we're ready to rock and roll. Professor of law at the University of Alabama. She's bringing legalese and we know we can believe. There she goes. Rock and roll. Good morning, Joyce fans. Good morning. How are you? I have never had a guest say, don't ask me anything too hard. I've been chasing recalcitrant chickens around the yard all morning. <laughs> yes, that was a first for me, too. But the sad truth is I'm out of breath and the chickens are much smarter than I am. The chickens have won this round then. All right. We always they like have. to salute you with our chicken bark, course. Bark, <laughs> bark, <laughs> we also refer to you as Silky Chicken Queen. That's right. On this show. I am the leader of of the clutch, of the pack. (laughs) And congratulations to Alabama's football team on sporting the sport so well. Uh, You are going up against Barb McQuaid's uh, Michigan team, I believe, on New Year's. The Wolverines. Yeah, you're Mm -hmm. changing the name of the uh, podcast to Enemies in Law? Yes, I am looking forward to watching Alabama crush Michigan. Sorry, Barb. Um, Roll Tide. Yeah, Wolverines. (laughs) Okay. And then I say the opposite when Barb's on. Anyway, Joyce, <laughs> where do we start today? You you know, we just played David from uh, among others. You know, you quoted Jen Psaki, who said, uh, if elected to a second term, Trump would prosecute anyone he deems an enemy, unleash troops on protesters, essentially unravel the rule of law as we know it. And this time he plans to align his administration with people who will actually help him do it. I can't imagine how terrifying this whole prospect is to you of, of what could happen. You know, I hope 
that it's terrifying to all of us. But my fear is that Trump's bad behavior is so normalized that people no longer pay it attention. We must listen to his words because he tells us what he intends to do. Using the military, using the Justice Department, using the intelligence community, not to pursue American interests, but to pursue individual Americans who are Trump's enemies. And, you know, we need to prepare for this. And by prepare, I mean, get ready to vote and make sure he never returns to the Oval Office. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's like, as Liz Cheney's been talking about, Joyce, just it's his collaborators, like Mike Johnson. Obviously, the, the you know, question, we just played him talking about blurring out the faces of the January 6th insurrectionists. Um, uh, Dean Obadala said, Speaker Johnson explained to hold up and releasing J6 tapes, we have to blur some of the faces to protect them from the DOJ. How is this not tampering with evidence? GOP are literally altering evidence to protect them, protect, uh, to protect them from being held accountable. I mean, I know I've heard the DOJ already has these tapes, but does Mike Johnson need to lawyer up? Or, I mean, what did you make of that? Yeah, so, you know, he probably um, has, or at least would argue that he has um, congressional speech or debate clause immunity for doing stuff like this. I think DOJ has, quite frankly, bigger fish to fry right now. But this is something important that we should focus on because it's, it tells us a lot about this speaker's mindset. This is not the Republican Party of law and order, if in fact they ever were. This is the Republican Party of conspiracy and insurrection, and the speaker has made that clear. Joyce, you I... protect your co-conspirators, right? This yeah. is protecting co-conspirators. Yeah. And Joyce, I've been asking this question because I did not have a, a silky chicken queen uh, <laughs> at my ready all week. But um, I know one of the, uh, Norm Eisen said it's one of the largest unresolved questions in American law, whether you can have a criminal process against a sitting president. We don't know how that would come out. Uh, Ty Cobb, former White House lawyer, said both sides are guessing. There's no precedent for it. It would have to be resolved by the Supreme Court. There's no clear legal support for either argument. Well, that's if, God forbid, he gets back in. Here's my question. If, you know, like Chris Christie and others predict, he is convicted of a felony in the, in the spring, in the, you know, the J6 trial, do, do you not go to prison? I'm confused. Even if you appeal, if you're convicted of a felony, what happens? So there's a presumption at federal law that once you've been convicted, you should go to prison. Even if you have an appeal, the law says that you should go into custody. There's an exception, and I think Trump, Trump will drive a Mack truck through it and take advantage of it. It says that if there is significant issues to be decided in the appeal, then a defendant can get an appellate bond. And Trump will argue, you know, all sorts of immunity and issues of first impression. Unfortunately, those do exist here. And I could easily see him getting an appellate bond from Judge Chutkin if there is a conviction. Boy, we're getting pretty far down the road with that. Uh, you tweeted Trump loses big in court at the end of the week. Now the speed in which appellate courts proceed will determine whether he's tried by a jury before the election. Um, explain that. Yeah, so Trump will appeal this immunity ruling by Judge Chutkin. Um, case can't go to trial until that appeal is decided. It took um, the D.C. Court of Appeals about a year, by the way, to decide this immunity case, this immunity issue in the civil case brought by Capitol police officers and members of Congress. 
if it takes them a year to decide in, in this criminal case, then there won't be a trial before the election. My hope, and if I was a betting person, I might even go so far as to say I would bet on this, is that the appellate court will move speedily on this issue given the gravity of the issues and the fact that there is a good record and already sufficient briefing on this issue. No reason that they can't expedite this in rule. And then the wild card is, will the Supreme Court act quickly? Will they decide to hear the case and take a full year, which would again put things off track? Or will they just decline to hear it and let the appellate court's ruling stand? We'll, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. We're also helped by uh, what doofus Trump's lawyers are, aren't we? Didn't they miss a bunch of deadlines yeah. for things? Wasn't, isn't that lawyering 101? Um, you know, that, so there's always this sort of stuff that goes on. Judges are very lenient um, with defense lawyers. Here they've asked the judge pretty consistently for a couple of extra days here and there. Um, those delays add up over time, but the government has agreed to most of them. The judge has granted them. So we see this sort of stuff happen. So, Joyce, you wrote, uh, you talked about the deadline for uh, Jack Smith to provide notice to Trump and his attorneys of any crimes, wrongs, or bad acts uh, the DOJ believes he may have committed that will be part of his prosecution for uh, in J6 for over, trying to overturn the election. Is Was that this past Monday? Yeah, so that has actually just been filed. Okay. I was reading it right before we came on. It's a very interesting document. Steph, you'll like this one, because what mm -hmm. Jack Smith says is, I intend to lay out all of my evidence in advance, Judge, in a series of pleadings, in my witness list, and in my evidence list, and in my trial brief. I'm going to tell you exactly what I intend to do. That's great news for all of us in the public, because it means we will see, it, if not all of it, most of it, that will be publicly available. So we will get Jack Smith's roadmap to what he thinks this trial will look like. Right. Joyce, the, one headline today in media is Trump legal team leaning into January 6th and Ray Epps conspiracy theories in federal election fraud case. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about you. I am really looking forward to these wacky conspiracy theories, you know, hitting the court, a court of law. Right. I mean, th this is uh, who was it? One uh, former prosecutor said there's nothing that suggests any of those debunked theories had anything to do with the causation of January 6th. Um, what he and his lawyers have put forth is sort of more of a public relations strategy than a legal one. What, what is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's for sure the case. Trump is now playing to the jury of public opinion, hoping that he can get enough voters on his side to, to go his way at the polls and to make any convictions go away. But here's the reality stuff. I mean, I spent um, a, a lot of hours in courtrooms in front of juries and, and the thing about juries is they're really good at listening to the judge's direction that they should decide the case on the evidence in front of them and that they're entitled to make credibility assessments about arguments and witnesses. You know, juries are, are really smart and groups of American citizens, when they sit down together and discuss this stuff, they really get it. And I think that the conspiracy theories, if Trump offers any of them at trial, will come off as just that, conspiracy theories. I think juries will reject them, and, and they will do more than just reject the crazy. Right. It will damage the credibility of the defense across the board. Here's, here's my one regret, and you and I have discussed this before. I think it's a, just a terrible shame that there will not apparently be cameras mm -hmm. in federal court so that Americans yeah. can watch this trial. 
you know, I still hope that some way can be found to do that. It seems to me that it would be pretty easy to permit audio. Right. Um, but we'll have to see what yeah. the courts do. So here's my fear, too. So potential jurors in Trump's federal election inference trial may already know they're in the jury pool by now. The uh, U.S. District Court for yes. D.C. has sent prospective jurors a pre-screening form uh, for jury selection that would for the March 4th trial. Um, pretty easy for them to suss out maybe that, that that this is the Trump trial. You know, what terrifies me is I think it was Claire McCaskill Joyce that said, all it takes is one juror, <laughs> you know, yeah. to lie. Yeah. You know, one Trumper that's, you know, that lies about being a Trumper or, or whatever it is, right? Does that concern you as well? Um, so as a prosecutor, you're concerned about that in every case. That's your job in jury selection. I think DOJ will, you know, like we always do, research your jurors. Um, I guess somebody could deviously delete all of their social media, right? But I think by and large... In the voir dire process, jurors are placed under oath, and if they lie, they're committing a federal felony. So, yeah. you know, there there are ways to make sure that your jury is truthful and honest in selection. Before we go, I you wrote such an important piece. You tweeted about it. You said, I wrote this piece with a group of women to express outrage that the world, and especially women's advocacy groups that routinely support women, have abandoned Israeli women who were raped, tortured, and kidnapped on 10-7. Condemning this horror is not tantamount to approving the government uh, Netanyahu coalition, nor does it signal support for the bombings in Gaza. It is simply to assert the longstanding feminist argument that our bodies are not to be weaponized in global, global conflicts. Um, thank you for saying it. Thank you for writing it. Our friend Matt Miller, um, who's now State Department spokesman, hinted that Hamas may be refusing to release all of the hostages during this pause because they or the pause because they don't want the world to know what 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 you know happened to these and is probably still happening sadly to these captives. Yeah, there is um, additional reporting this morning from Julia Yaffe. Um, saying that the reason that the hostage release situation broke down and that the active phase of the war resumed was because Hamas was not willing to turn over the remaining women and that that's largely due to the fact that they may be rape victims or witnesses to rapes and, and other torture and that they didn't want to um, return them for whatever yeah. reason tied up in that. Look, this is a tough situation. People are raw and emotional. Yeah. And there's lots of horrible going around on both sides of the equation. Um, as Americans, something that I hope that we can do is, is work towards acknowledging common humanity. Yeah. The attack against these three young Palestinian men in Vermont, absolutely reprehensible, yeah. horrible, yeah. unacceptable. And I think something that we can all agree is that the rape of women doesn't matter what their government's policies are. The rapes and torture of women should be condemned uh, by all of the women's groups that speak out on behalf of other women. So I, I hope that we can all evolve towards this shared view of the value of people and our individual humanity. Yeah, that is horrific to sort of, you know, imply they had it coming because you don't like Israel's policies. I mean, it it is despicable, and the U.N. Yeah. was really late, as you implied, and so thank you for speaking out with, yeah. you know, other great, powerful women. Um, appreciate you, and we miss you so much. And uh, let me end by saying Wolverine suck, and clearly uh, <laughs> will be defeated by Alabama. Happy New Year. Rule tied, baby. <laughs> Roll Tide.
Yes. And roll tide. Yes. <laughs> All right. Love you, Joyce. Thanks, Thanks so Joyce. much for taking time for us. Thanks, y'all. Happy holidays. Oh, thank you. Oh, she gives some Alabama y'all. Y'all. All right. Well, you know I'm a healthy eater, and eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today. Get after your goals. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Pancakes, smoothies. Discover a wide variety of easy options. Options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. There's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat. No prepping, cooking, or cleanup is needed. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Head on over to factormeals.com liberal50 and use that code liberal50 to get 50% off. Once again, the code liberal50 at factormeals.com liberal50 for 50% off. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook, with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Listen, she might be a, a Twitter, a YouTube star, but I'm just telling you, every little girl remembers the first time they got jingled. It's politics, girl. It's politics, girl. Politics, girl. She's been putting up with right-wing world. And now she's going to spend some time with Steph. Here in her basement where we're on the left. She's just the best. Politics, girl. Politics, girl. <laughs> oh, it's a whole choir. Aww. Hi, politics girl. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So we can't hear- what a great way to start my week. Right. <laughs> there you go. Now you have a new ringtone. That's right. Yeah, a little Billy Joel action. Just my favorite guy. I just built all new office furniture. And I said to my husband, I was like, can we... Um, just put on a Billy Joel like essential situation here. Like, he is and now favorite. I believe he needs to play that better. every time you enter a room. Tell your husband. Yeah, I, I think everyone will love that. I'm right. not, you know, I can't even imagine no one not loving that. <laughs> we thank Rocky Mountain Mike for yes. our a yes, politics girl tribute. Well, you know, as we said, you were, uh, I was a fan of yours long before. I, I would, you know, like all of your stuff on Twitter. And then uh, somehow we we started to, yeah, on Twitter communicating. And I was like, oh my God, she knows who I am. <laughs> kidding me? Sexy just... liberal tour? Like, you're the best. I love what you guys are doing. Aw, thanks, honey. fantastic, well, yeah. You too. And I, you know, we have the same conversation, you know, with so many, I, I, I feel like so many of us are are so frustrated. And that, like you said, you're like, I'm just a lady. The, God, the God, you know, 
fed up with what you were seeing and you know you're able to sort of explain a lot of things in a way that people can relate to and understand because i feel yeah. like we just we are going to sleepwalk into fascism as i think you you sort of uh, talked about on twitter this weekend without like the mainstream media is not going to help us i feel like it's going to be people like you well i think that's the thing i think we're at the point now where it is going to be people like us um because mainstream media is now owned by the very people who benefit from uh, us sleepwalking into autocracy because ultimately the autocracy is going to be much like russia or hungary where you have the elites uh who do really well and the rest of us kind of fall in line that's what they're looking at it's some sort of Christian theocracy, Christian oligarchy, where the top, top people uh, get what they want and the rest of us just do what we're told. And I think that the rest of us are the ones that really need to be standing up right now and saying, that's not a route I want to go down. I can see how it serves the ultra rich. I can see how it serves people like the Sacklers who will potentially today get away with mm -hmm. everything horrible that they did. These are the people that will benefit. Yeah. But I think they're also kidding themselves. I mean, look at Russia, right? When Putin came into power, he took over all the media, which is what you do if you're an autocrat or a dictator. You take over the media and make sure your message is the only one getting out. And then he went to all the huge corporations and he was like, listen, here's your deal. You take half of uh, your company and I take the other half or I'll take it all and throw you in jail. Yeah. And people eventually were like, oh, you do that to a couple people and people fall in line pretty quickly. So I don't know how these oligarchs in America think they're getting away with keeping their whole company or keeping their money. Uh, in a Trump-style presidency because at the end of the day, that guy's coming and taking everything from everybody. Yeah, and once again, Trump is basically running on it's the brown people that are, it's not the it's not the oligarchs, you know, it's it's the brown people that are going to take your your job. I mean, you uh, retweeted Scary Lawyer Guy, who I just love his, his, his title, uh, but just said one reason we're sleepwalking toward a dictatorship is media outlets like Politico treating it as totally normal and not an actual sign of dictatorship that someone under indictment would try to win back office so he could direct the DOJ to dismiss charges against him. Um, and he just further says, first recall that Trump's general strategy across these cases is twofold. One, argue he's immune from any post-presidential accountability for his actions as president. Two, delay the proceedings until he wins the 2024 election and then dismisses the cases. And this you know Ruth Ben-Ghiat who we all love said this is what autocrats do and you know you're right it, it, it is the media is totally unprepared for this I think in America right for the rise of authoritarianism yeah well I mean their job in many ways is to report the facts but unfortunately the facts now seem like they skew left right yeah so if you give truth it's like, oh, look at these leftist libtards, you know, and that's, no, these are actually just the facts. It's just the facts now skew Democrat because we're working in truth and they're working in lies. And you can't both sides that. And that's the problem. The media yeah. is still attempting to uh, both sides at all because at the end of the day, they're uh, – they're there to make money. That's yeah. their job. They're a business. You know, and you and I and people who are out here doing this independent media stuff, yes, it's our business, but we don't answer to giant corporations. We don't answer to boards. So we're out here giving people the truth. That's not left. Yeah. That's just how it is. No, it's, so yeah, they're deeply unprepared because the people that that know better some of these journalists that are on these giant networks they know yeah. better they are smart brilliant people i keep thinking like did you go to journalism school to like toe the line for a wannabe autocrat or some giant yeah. oligarch like they they know better and well, they know, don't for the most why, part 
do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, I to be self-serving for a moment, it's a fun drive time for free speech TV. But <laughs> but that's a, exactly the point. It's bring corporate it, free. It. You know, you keep voices out there that are not influenced by by corporations. And I, and I think that's why people like you and JoJo from Jurors and Brooklyn Dad Define and all of our friends like are so your voices. Victor Shi, all these voices are becoming so powerful because people recognize people speaking truth without having to, to get, I don't know what you want to call it, Lee, like access journalism. We were talking about Mehdi Hassan. I don't agree with everything Mehdi says, but he is, first of all, his ratings were great, and he's a great interviewer and journalist, and it, it just, it says everything to me that you need to know that they kept Andrea Mitchell <laughs> and got rid of Mehdi Hassan. Like, it just, you know, it's like they don't want people that ask hard questions and follow-up questions because then they can't get access, right? yeah. The Mediazon thing is is a tough one. It's tough because, you know, um, since October 7th, Medi was really, really, uh, I wouldn't say he was sitting yeah. in the facts. I think he had definitely had a point of view, which we all have a point of view. Sure. And I think that Medi was uh, sort of walking a line with his network that uh, was sort of verging on anti-Semitic. And I think they panicked because at the end of the day, um, uh, like it's a business, right? So, uh, I, I, and the Andrea Mitchell thing is its own problem. Like, I think there, there's <laughs> a separate problem. There's, there's your problem. Like, you keep people way longer than their time. their usefulness. No, I mean, no shade to Andrea Mitchell. Back in the day, she she did a lot of great stuff. But there are people that have definitely passed their prime and are no longer able to do what we need them to do. Which is why, like you said, people like me are out here. Yeah. Um, doing what we do to say like, hey, here are the things you should be thinking about. And hey, here are the facts of the situation. And, you know, make an assessment based on this. But without people knowing the real facts, it's like I, I look at freaking X. I mean, I can't call it X, but I look at, you know, yeah. Twitter every day. And I think this was done deliberately. Sure. Like this platform was working too well for us to share actual information, actually resist, actually fight back, actually fight the man where people could, you know, be in touch with immunologists and political scientists and newsmakers, um, all in the same place to have a real town square for us to say, hold on, I don't think this is right. And there's no way you can't look at what what Elon is doing and who his backers actually are and not think this is exactly what the plan was. Yeah. This is exactly what they wanted to disrupt our ability to share real information. Yeah. And well, and speaking of anti-Semitism, I mean, just an absolute outright uh, anti-Semite. I, you know, I will say on the Medi thing just quickly, because I don't, you know, Lee, I didn't, I don't watch him a lot, so I don't know. Yeah. But no, you're, he's a you're great right. This is interviewer, a... but he was... Yeah, it's you know, a it's volatile. This Middle network. East thing is is a tough. And you know, like I was saying earlier, I agree with. Can we not just condemn the rape of Israeli women without having to say, like, yes, of course, people in Palestine are suffering too. But like, you know, can we take one evil at a time and not have to have some sort of equivalent, like you say, sort of both sides it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's that is such a tough. And one of those things that one of my Jewish friends said to me sort of around October 10th or something, she said, you know, why haven't you said anything about it? And I said, honestly, there is so much to know that I'm trying to take in all the information before I lay my thoughts and lay my opinions out. Yeah. And she said, but as all your Jewish friends are feeling horrified and we're scared and we have to take our mezuzahs off the doorway and yeah. we're terrified we need you to say something. And so I was like, okay, that's fair. And so I went through as much information as I could and I tried to come up because the problem is, is that 
if you're getting your information from soundbite media, you know, these little squares on TV at CNN or wherever, or you're getting your information from TikTok, which is where I started, so no shade at all, um, you're you're not getting any nuance. And the problem with the Middle East crisis is there is yes. endless amounts yeah, of nuance. 11 billion and years people, of nuance. Right, I yeah. mean, there is so much to know, and there are literal Middle East experts. What we can say is we have to be able to hold multiple ideas in our head at the same time, right? So we have to say... <laughs> There was a ceasefire on October 7th that existed. It was broken by Hamas. Yeah. What they did to the Israeli people is horrifying. The Israeli government is not the Israeli people. Hamas is not the Palestinian people. That's However, right. Palestinians did elect Hamas and then Hamas did what Donald Trump would love to do and they stopped having elections, right? Yeah. So does it represent what's, it? What's heartbreaking. Donald Trump was back in power and he attacked Mexico. Would that represent all American people? Absolutely yeah. not, right? So there's so many ideas we have to have in our head at the same time. But at the end of the day, we have to come back to like, how can we do best by the human uh, humans involved in this crisis? Yeah. And do we have the right governments involved? Hamas is definitely not the right government. They yeah. are absolutely a terrorist organization. And Netanyahu is not the right government. That's He's right. actually a right-wing zealot who is totally benefiting from this and probably yeah. in bed with Iraq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know that's what's heartbreaking too. <laughs> I'm talking about the Middle East. What are we doing? <laughs> this is fun. Um, <laughs> but you know what's heartbreaking too is all the people of good faith that you know give money to help the Palestinian people. Like it can go to them. Hamas steals it and uses it to you know build terrorist tunnels. And you know, I mean, they they don't. That's the problem. Is you know. Yeah, like and you also have to remember that like that entire area is surrounded by Arab nations, right? So, and Muslim nations. So. You would think that fellow uh, fellow nations would want to take in Palestinian um, yeah, people right. but they during don't. this period, but they don't. All and, their borders are closed, and, and yet the, we keep blaming yeah. the Jewish people and the Jewish people all around the world. Like we're going to attack Jewish kids in their universities yeah. in America, and attack attack Jewish people landing in planes in in Russia, and we're going to attack Jewish yeah. people in Paris. Like that's. That's just blatant yeah, anti-Semitism that's been waiting to be unleashed, and it's not fair. The guy with the falafel restaurant, I think, this weekend. Yeah, you're it's like, just what, not How fair. does attacking Jews and Jewish businesses in America help free Palestine? It, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it's just... It doesn't. And I think we have to... You know, I say all the time we need to get back to kind of common sense thinking. We need to start thinking, like, what makes sense? Not what am I told? What am I spun? What, you know, like... Yeah. And we were because saying... Because I really do think that these the, the left-wing kids that are on the... Uh, free Palestine and ceasefire train right now, they're all doing it with absolute good intentions and yeah. good faith, and they want to help people. But I really believe a lot of them are being uh, used by, you know, by Russia and by Iran and by these propaganda networks, the same ones that like used our Black Lives Matter movement That's right. against us to get Donald Trump elected. It's the same group of people. There's, you know, uh, the war in Ukraine was gaining steam, Russia was losing, and then all of a sudden this thing happens in, in Israel and it, it divides the American left. And I think that yeah. only serves a certain group of people that would love to see the Western world fall. Yeah. And I think we have to remember and make sure we're not being used by... Um, and this... This is why I'm sure as a political person, it makes your head explode that, you know, there, there was this story this weekend about, you know, Muslims and swing states are going to band together to make sure Biden doesn't get a yeah, second so term. And you've got this weekend Trump talking about I'm going to reimpose the Muslim ban again. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I marched at the airport, you know, in 2017, yeah. I guess, when Trump put in the Muslim ban the first time. And... Uh, and one of our signs said, dear world, this is not who we are. We're so yeah. sorry. 
And the thing is, is that if we allow someone like Donald Trump to be reelected, I mean, this is unfortunately who we are. Yeah. Um, but also like that man is doing everything you've ever thought of that was evil. Yeah. Um, without a doubt. And he's not pretending he's not. You yeah. have to and look by the at, way, you your... know, we're at the vermin stage. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And to your point real quick, as we mentioned this earlier, there's reporting about these other Arab countries. They're all privately rooting Israel on because they hate Hamas, too. And, you know, they they want Israel to do their dirty work. And then, you know, in public, they go, oh, no, no, we want a ceasefire. And it just, I think it puts everybody in an awful position. It's just such an awful. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those way, it's one of those situations where, like, I have a lot of opinions. And it's one of those situations where I'm like, literally, we have to let the experts do their job. We yeah. have to let yeah. the people that have studied this their Thank whole you. lives, that do this their whole lives. There are There's a reason. I want a brain surgeon to do my brain surgery. That's you right. know what I mean? I want and a Middle East said, expert to organize the Middle East. I've just talked out my ass for 10 minutes in my basement about the Middle East as if I know, you know. <laughs> I know. But, okay. but what we came to was don't listen to us. Right. right. Like exactly. that's, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. We don't know what the hell we're talking about. Like, let the experts be experts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. He never mounted any kind of defense against any of it. He never tried to contradict any of dozens and dozens of findings that they had made. So the House of Representatives has the power under Article I of the Constitution to engage in its own disciplinary process. And the position I had taken was that we need either a criminal conviction in court or we need essentially ethics conviction or findings that would lead to expulsion. and the chairman of the ethics committee on behalf of a unanimous bipartisan ethics committee introduced the motion to expel and i voted for it jamie raskin on katara ravache <laughs> taking his final bow in congress <laughs> he did not leave uh leave in a headdress uh and roller skate out to xanadu as chris and i had hoped but uh, you know but yeah i mean he is gone. I was teacher. gonna say something so bitchy. <laughs> okay. I was like, I don't think he can fit in that anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. And, well, and you because know listen, he that cat is too. He's too much. And honestly, I I, I totally agree with Jen Saki on MSNBC. Uh, it was maybe last night, and she was saying like, we're talking too much about this jackass. Like he didn't yeah. have that much power to begin with. Yeah, he should never have been there. He lied to get there. He should have been let. You know, like really, the Republican Party should have been like, you're a liar from the beginning. You yeah. lied yeah. to get elected. You you're not representing our party. Get out. And they Chris, should have done it from. 
Chris what? made a great point on Twitter, just to goes to our point about the media. He's like said, you know, the media fell down on the job that yes. he even get an office. Yeah. Like the local. Exactly. New well, York I mean, Times, there was one local paper local that wrote paper about him, yeah. but yeah. that didn't get any traction. But also the New York Times is a local paper to Long Island yeah, there. Yeah. They have a metropolitan section that could have covered something like this, but yeah. they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, will say it's the power of local media, though, because it yeah. is that that one article that really started the ball rolling long term. Yeah. But the Republican Party should have pitched him from the beginning. It shouldn't have taken this well, long. And, and the Democratic Party, I have to say, should have done a little more opposition research. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to decide whether how many people that called him low hanging fruit, whether that was uh, homophobic or not. But I guess not. I guess they just meant politically speaking. And and to politics girl's point, yeah, he, he couldn't have fit in in. A, a, a Xanadu suit. Yeah. For someone who bragged that he lost a lot of weight on Ozempic, yeah. it doesn't look like it. Of all the things he spent money on, no offense to Sephora face products and Botox, but it's just <laughs> clothes that fit. Just buy some clothes that fit. Uh, okay, yeah. one more. Jamie Raskin yesterday. But I, I do feel as if his uh, offenses, his fraud, his lies pale in comparison to the lies and fraud of Donald Trump, whose big lie that he won the presidential election, which he lost by more than 7 million votes, 306 to 232 in the Electoral College, then led to his incitement of a violent insurrection against the union. And so all those Republicans who voted to expel Santos should drop their support for Donald Trump immediately, who certainly engaged in far bigger lies than anything George Santos ever attempted. I mean... That's the point, right, Lee? That you know. But, I mean, that's that, the point. He's the front runner in their party. It's, it, it's listen. If if he's too much for you, then uh, the boy that's up on the ninety-one uh, charges yeah. should yeah. be way too much for you. Yeah, I. You know, that's why I felt like Friday Lee was such a great day for the rule of law, at least. Um, Judge Chutkins. I mean, I, this was just a mic drop, wasn't it? She said the court cannot conclude that our Constitution cloaks former presidents with absolute immunity for any federal crimes they committed while in office, she wrote. Um, so this th will likely then go to an appeals court before Trump's criminal trial, which is in March. Um, his opinion, or her opinion, Chutkin's opinion, came after an appeals court said earlier that Trump uh, could be sued in civil proceedings related, related to January 6th as well. So that was a one-two punch. And her other part, whatever immunities a sitting president may enjoy, the United States only has one chief executive at a time, and that position does not confer a lifelong get-out-of-jail-free pass. Former presidents enjoy no special conditions on their federal criminal liability. Defendant may be subject to federal investigation, indictment, prosecution, conviction, and punishment for any criminal acts undertaken while in office. Thank God, right? It, it, yeah, it, it just like feels like sense. I can't believe we have to say this stuff like right. this should not be something a judge needs to say like this should be so obvious to the american people that like we created an entire country to remove ourselves from a monarchy right yeah. like that was the whole point we we wanted to be in an independently run republic and that has checks and balances and that no one has there's a reason that the president doesn't have full autonomous power the the kind of power that donald trump is actively saying he's going to put back in in. Yeah. If he gets back into office, he's going to consolidate the power of the federal government around himself. He's going to consolidate the power of the DOJ under his own thumb. I mean, what he keeps saying when he says that, and I, I keep thinking, like, how come we, we aren't noticing this? Like, one of the things he's saying is, I'm going to make the DOJ underneath the will of the president. So the yeah. president gets to dictate what the DOJ does. And what he's saying, and what people keep missing, is that 
that's not the way it is now. That's not the way it was set up. And so when people keep saying, oh, the Biden Justice Department, and Biden is prosecuting Trump and Biden is going after his political enemies. And you're like, he's absolutely not because the DOJ is a completely autonomous group. Yeah. And then on top of that, Donald Trump keeps saying he's going to have to consolidate the DOJ under himself, under the presidential right. power, because it's not like that right now. Yeah. That well, is not what, how yeah. it works. She said Trump's four-year service as commander-in-chief does not bestow upon him the divine right of kings to evade the criminal accountability that governs his fellow citizens. Um, it, yeah, I love that they just asked, the, his lawyers asked him to throw out the charges because Trump was working to ensure election integrity. <laughs> <laughs> his official capacity as president. I mean, I, I'm waiting for some judge to say, are you kidding me? Seriously? <laughs> are yeah, you going to cite Godzilla versus a, Mothra next? Like right. what? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all waiting for like karma to be like, are you kidding me? You know what yeah. I mean? Like there has to be some point where, because I, I, there's there's just days that I think, okay, yeah, we're still doing this? Like, And then I see people underneath you know like the, that desantis uh newsome debate that just happened yeah. which by the oh. way was excellent and it was lovely to see a debate the way first of all it should be run oh, Secondly, i gulped it, was it down like see. salty maga tears oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the whole thing was like just watching gavin talk about policy and and knowing what he was yeah. talking about i felt like oh dreamy can we just have more of this please yeah it's but a shame about his looks it... though oh well yeah <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the I, I apologize it, if you hear the endless whining while you're talking. That's my dog, Klein. Awesome. I know that you and your husband have a child, so maybe you're used to endless whining while you're talking. But <laughs> there's a that, doggo not so happy. Yeah. Well, they're having a there is no two bone solution in here. There is a this is all there's the Gaza Strip solution. over here. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. Okay. So it's the power of the, it's only one one person can get it. That's I don't mean to be. Uh, I, we don't mean I feel to be like rude. that's in theme. I think that's in theme totally. with what we're talking yeah. about. I just keep thinking she's making such good points. I hope she can't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> just okay. No, I mean, this is a weird time. We're living through an incredibly weird time, and I think that we yeah. need to uh, get really serious about it. I mean, you were talking before your break about Liz Cheney and her, you know, new book that she has coming out, and yeah. she's, you know, she's dead right. We need to get completely serious and like listen. I'm happy Liz Cheney is writing her book. I'm happy she's naming names. I yeah. entirely agree with her that we are sleep sleepwalking our way into a dictatorship. Yeah. And, you know, it's great that she's not holding back and she's being very clear about what threat is to American democracy with a name like Cheney and a background like she has. Yeah. But I, I will say, like, well, she's not saying anything that Democrats haven't been saying for freaking years. She's not saying anything you and I haven't been saying for years. And I think it's so interesting. People are like, wow. You know, here's here. She's telling us how right. it really There's is. There's more and credence because like, oh, she's a Republican. You how it really is for forever. Yeah. It's just that she has the conservative uh, moniker and superhero cape of her father on her. Yeah. And I think it's great that she's standing up for it. But like, this is stuff we've been saying for forever. This yeah. is a really deeply. And you're right. That goes back to the media. Time. Oh, they automatically have more credibility because they're a Republican. It's like, no, she's saying the exact same thing. You know, she said almost the same thing Lawrence Tribe just said this weekend. Or, but, or yeah. Jamie Raskin or Adam Schiff during right. any of the impeachment hearings. I mean, we've been saying it over and over and over again, beating the drum. And it's a leftist, you know, plot. And then Liz Cheney says it. And people are like, huh. Mm -hmm. And I think, great. I do, if someone's listening, wonderful. I do like um, the way Republicans know how to fight, whether it's Lincoln Project or Liz Cheney. And this is why you are an alpha li liberal, despite how pretty you are. Um, <laughs> it 
that's this is what I'll we love. that both things i like being an alpha <laughs> but alpha liberals we always talk about this. this is what we need more of right the eric swalwells and the people but this i loved what dick durbin did the headline gop melts down as dick durbin uses it, its own tactics for advancing biden judges they just can't they literally think there should be two sets of rules right republicans on the senate judiciary had full down full-blown meltdowns was that lindsey's second meltdown it of was. the day yeah. yeah he stormed out um uh, on Dick Durbin as he held votes on two of Biden's judicial nominees without allowing debate on them, saying he was simply following the new precedent established by Republicans when they did the same thing to, to Democrats twice. Uh, he complete, com- appeared to completely blindside Republicans by moving straight to votes. Both nominees had two previous hearings and had already been debated. So good for him, right? Yeah, good for him. It's about time. I love this. Uh, Tom Cotton got so mad he started talking about himself in the third person. He said, Mr. Cotton says the chairman needs to rethink his position. That's what Mr. Cotton says. John Cornyn said, congratulations on destroying the United States Senate Judiciary Committee. (laughs) Such drama queens, aren't they? All of them. Oh, my God. I mean, honestly, but this is the same thing as like any bully, you know, where you end up standing up to them or you use their own tactics against them. They literally crumble like a house of cards. They cannot do it. They are so used to getting away with everything. And like, if, you, if what you're calling is an alpha liberal, I will take so many more alpha liberals because yeah. there are rules in place. There are ways you can fight back. When they say fight fire with fire, that doesn't mean we also have to be rule-breaking, you know, criminal masterminds. It right. means that we need to say, here are the loopholes they're jumping through. We either close those loopholes or we jump through them ourselves. Right. We either acknowledge which, which ones they are, whatever um, they're doing to hold up every single... Um, Tommy Tuberville told up every single nomination and you say, okay, what do we do? We're going to change the rules so that he can't do that anymore. You have to fight fire with fire in that there is while staying within the uh, rule of law, because they would love it if we broke the rule of law, because then there would be no rule of law and that's how they want to live anyway. Yeah. Um, We need to keep fighting fire with fire while staying within the confines of the kind of country we want, which is, a democratic country, a rule of law country, a rule, uh, a country where it doesn't matter who you are, you are responsible for your actions, yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah. And so the, we have to live. I, I think the way the Democrats are handling, you know, this Bob Menendez thing, you know, yeah. like they're like, OK, well, let him have his day in court. But we're already priming him. Here's our new guy. Yeah. We don't like him. We're not behind him. Like we can't yeah. do anything about it right well, now because and, he hasn't been convicted yeah. and we don't want to set that precedent. But as soon as this primary goes through, he's out. Yeah. No, we're not standing behind him on this. Lee, here's another, for instance, I want to get your take on. So the headline is Democrats are sitting on 400 pages of evidence on Ivanka and Jared Kushner's financial deals. Um, so the, the hearings would likely be conducted by Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, who I love, and uh, with an assist from Jamie Raskin, um, who's been leading the way collecting information on Trump and his uh, scams. I mean, as you know, and we all know, there is no there there with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. And there they are. They're going right ahead with impeachment or whatever. I, and it, we keep saying, I mean, I absolutely think they should go ahead with this. That That is I mean, what how much did they make? While they were in the White it's House, million or something I like mean, that, yeah. it's insane. The two billion dollars Jared Kushner got the fact that, you know, we're just going to let that go while they do this bull Hunter Biden thing, I, I, I think is crazy. What do you think? I'm hoping it's strategic because there's no way they didn't break a million laws. 
she made something right. like $640 million while in office, while having a title in the White House and, you know, an office in the White House. Um, he made $2 billion post uh, the presidency for, I, as far as I can see, basically giving up Jamal Khashoggi and yeah. uh, making deals uh, with them. They are absolute criminal monsters, those two. They are heartless criminal monsters and they are she really is his her father's daughter you know like yeah. she knows where her bread is buttered she knows when to go into the background she knows when to come forward she, like right now she's not we're hearing about eric and don jr all the time in these civil trials and she's kind of like drifting along the sidelines and you know she's the smartest one of all three of them you know that she knows exactly not saying what's a lot but on. yes i mean well i mean <laughs> She's, um, she's not but, in the Fredo competition, but okay. <laughs> um, but I honestly think that I'm hoping that this is strategic, that they don't want to muddy the waters right now, um, that they have the evidence that they will do the election. And then provided we keep democracy's head above water, Joe Biden is reelected, we take back the House, then it's just like a free for all on every single one of these people that they have mounds and piles yeah. of evidence. It's the same reason that like, actual you know, Jack Smith has these six unindicted co-conspirators in his case. Like he didn't name them. They're not named yet. It doesn't mean they're not going to call whoever they might be. It could be people in Congress. I hope it's people in Congress. Those people are absolutely insurrectionists. But if you added them to it right now, look at all the things Donald Trump is doing to to slow down his case. If you added one more person to that mix, it just adds it. We need to have yep. it all done before the election. Yep. So I feel like it's strategic. And that's what I'm hoping it is, because okay. there's no way those two skate. There's just I, oh, I personally won't tolerate it. God's ears. <laughs> all right. Lee, here's something you won't see. Uh, we mentioned this one time earlier, but in the mainstream media, The Economist released a new poll show President Biden leading Trump head to head matchup. By two points. Among young people, however, the president is leading Trump by 27 points. Yeah. Um, 52 to 25 percent among voters age 18 to 29 and 50 to 39 percent among uh, voters age 30 to 42. Me, my demographic. Yeah, 32. 30 I mean, to that, 42. Yeah, 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 that's you. That's me. Yeah, that's you. Um, mm -hmm. hmm. Lee, <laughs> my point is, what? That's the, main, that's the only thing we hear is, oh, young people aren't voting for Biden. Oh, uh, black people aren't going to vote for Biden this time. I mean, it just... What did somebody say that this whole cycle is like these polls that we all have, you know, agita over and then we have another great election day in actual results? Well, first of all, half these polls are run by Republican organizations. Like so much of their uh, deal is misinformation. Like right. they sponsor the polls. They lay out the polls. Who's answering polls? Who's answering polls? Seriously, right. who picks up their phone and goes, yeah, I'm going to answer this. It certainly isn't young people. Right. They're not picking up the phone and doing polls. Like, oh, I no, think I know. we I've need tried to, to see that like, they don't. Uh, yeah. there's no way. There's no way. And like, <laughs> I, it, the polls are useless to us in many, many ways until maybe August of next year. Like, honestly, it's yeah. not helping us do the work, do good work, tell people you're doing good work. And the kids are not dumb. They know yeah. how to find information. They know what's going on. That's why I'm so excited about the young new voters. They're not stuck in their voting ways. They're not like, Thank well, you. I've always been a Republican. They're like, this guy's an asshole, right? Whoa, Shh. wow. Oh, can't say that no. on the air. Whoa. Oh, no. oh, sorry, Ooh, sorry. mouth. Okay. No, I love it, personally. Um, <laughs> professionally, you know, the FCC would differ. My bad. Differ. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, That's okay. I just wanted to say real quick, love the way vice president answered this he was she was asked is a vote for biden a vote for president harris and she said right. a vote for president biden is a vote for president biden and vice president harris we are a ticket it's called biden harris that's the administration that's the ticket i mean it's just this oh, like fear-mongering and dividing they keep trying to do 
with us. It, we just got to stay focused, right? Absolutely stay focused and realize that we couldn't have a better ticket. Those two together yes. yep. are an Absolutely. absolute winner. Hard break. Oh, my God. We miss you already. Politicsgirl.com. <laughs> Follow her, worship her everywhere she goes. We'll see you next time, honey.